This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. It's great to have you with us for the Wednesday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. The struggle on crypto. Also, Personal Finance Wednesday. You want a credit card, but you don't have any credit? Well, apparently, that is not a problem anymore. Right now, stocks have been taking a tumble today. Let's see what's going on. Michael Palumbo is here, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk. Michael, good to have you on the show. What's going on on Wall Street today? Well, good afternoon, Cisco, and thanks for having me on. You know, it was a bloodbath early as um, crypto kind of led the, the move down uh, before markets opened. And then we slowly have rallied back here to where it's, it's only a minor sell-off. But there's still pretty, pretty big uh, losses in crypto. And it's interesting. You, you just have to read Elon Musk's tweets to kind of tell what is gonna, about to happen in the crypto market. And, and that'll tell you a little bit about some of the people that are playing these, these names. Um, he he tweets at about nine o'clock this morning that he's got diamond hands in, in in Bitcoin, which is it's a term for holding on no matter what. And then Bitcoin rallies back up like you know five thousand uh, dollars in a couple hours. So that's the kind of market we have right now in crypto. Uh, it's led by rumors and innuendos and and statements by people who are. Very smart, but not necessarily um, experts in, in the area of crypto. So then uh, how is an investor to approach crypto given the, all, you know, all that uncertainty and volatility? Well, you have to just know that you're trading an asset class that's going to be volatile and it's going to be making moves on rumors. And that does not mean it's not investable. And I've said this here and both on Twitter uh, and also on Twitter that that that. It, it, Bitcoin is a legitimate asset class. Crypto is legitimate, but you're going to have massive moves. So always keep cash on hand. Don't over leverage because then you're forced to sell at the wrong times, as opposed to right now where this would be a time where you might want to buy a little bit here because you have a sell off. But there you can tell that there's a lot of people that are forced to sell because they got over levered. They're not used to trade. They're just new into trading and they're getting taught a lesson right now. So going forward, I guess just understand the risk if you're going to be in there. There is still an upside, right? Do you foresee crypto as something people should bail out of right now? Crypto is a, a legitimate asset class. It went too far too fast and topped out a few weeks ago, and now we've had a massive sell-off. We, sell, we see this in all asset classes from time to time. That's what's happening in crypto right now. The long-term prospects of crypto are still the same, and they are good. But the short term right now, there's going to be a lot of volatility, and you have to be able to hang in there if you believe in this asset class. 
So uh, hang in there. Does it? I mean, are there certain places that investors should be looking at? Because it seems like there's a new cryptocurrency every day. Well, I still say you stick to the to the main ones. Bitcoin and Ethereum are, are ones that you know are going to be here for the long term. Those are the ones that 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 you buy on dips here. And this is a, certainly a big one. I mean, Bitcoin's down thirty percent. Uh, Ether's down, it cut in half. Uh, this is a time you should be buying, not selling. Uh, and, and, and that's why you should never trade money you can't, can't afford to lose because then you're forced to sell at the wrong times. Thanks so much, Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk. Cryptocurrencies are kind of tumbling today. Coming up, augmented reality comes to automotive technology. Kia has revealed an electric crossover vehicle with an augmented reality windshield. We welcome Matt Wren, co-founder, chief technology officer at Bundle AR here in Chicago. Matt, always good to have you on the show. So kind of give us an idea here what Kia is doing. Yeah, thank you for having me back, Cisco. Um, what they're doing is it's kind of a natural progression if you think about it. They're basically just taking information that you know might otherwise be displayed, you know, in your dashboard or somewhere else, and they're projecting it onto the windshield. Um, in addition to that, though, you can also now use the types of sensors that are in a lot of cars, where they can sense you know the traffic or somebody standing on the sidewalk on the side of the road, and possibly put indicators there as well. So it's just adding some, you know, another layer of digital information directly into your line of sight so you don't necessarily have to look away to see it. So what would this, I mean, is this going to be distracting for the drivers here, or is it actually going to maybe help the driving experience? Well, and that's honestly, that's one of the bigger questions, and that's one of the big debates that always comes up when you talk about projecting something on the windshield of a car is, okay, well, you know, at what point are we helping the driver, and at what point are we distracting the driver? And I think a lot of that that research is being done pretty heavily, um, you know, across the different auto manufacturers. Kia is obviously the one who's releasing it now, but there's other cars who've done this already. And, you know, there's, it depends on, you don't want to throw too much information into a driver's line of sight, but you want to make sure that you have this, the information there that will help. And so, and yeah, so that's just, I guess, going to have to take some tests, right, and actually see how drivers react to it. But nonetheless, the technology, you mentioned natural progression. I mean, this technology is going to be used everywhere. Why not use it in cars? Well, yeah, if you, I mean, if you think about it, jet fighters have had heads-up displays going back to the 60s. So it's, it's almost kind of surprising that it's taken this long to get them into cars. I, I personally remember seeing, I think it was a Cadillac that used to actually have a little projection of the speedometer, um, you know, that was beyond your windshield so you didn't have to look down. And that was years and years ago. So the fact that they're now putting more information, things like navigation instructions, because a lot of us use GPS now. So why should we have to look away from the windshield to see that? You know, it's one of those things where the technology's been there and now we're just sort of progressing to using it more and more. And so the balance, you, you've already touched on this, but the balance is getting that information on the screen without somehow blocking your view of other things on the screen. And this is maybe going on a little bit already. You, you see a lot of drivers who have their phone up on the windshield via some sort of an adapter to hold it in place so that they can get those driving directions. It's already up there. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of the cars have it in the, the you know, the GPS built into the center console. So, again, you don't want to have to take your eyes off the road to go look at it. Um, the other thing we're seeing, too, is I, the one thing I saw about the key is they're actually putting information about the car. So, for example, if, you know, the the brakes are wearing low or if the, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what other type of service information they can, but they can actually have a 3D, you know, display of the car. So if there's any issues happening with the car while you're driving, you know, the, the, 
the in your in your face concept of the check engine light coming on, but with a lot more information about what the problem is, not just the one indicator on the dashboard of oh something's wrong. Yeah, which is great because you know, you'll have sometimes a, a low tire alert, but it won't tell you which one, and it's not like it's flat, so you have to go around to each tire and check them out. Exactly. All right, it'll be fascinating to see. And Kia is already starting it, but of course, it's not going to stop with just Kia. Thanks for all the details. Matt Wren, co-founder, chief technology officer at Bundle AR here in Chicago. Just ahead, getting credit when you don't have a credit history. It's about to become easier. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday on the Noon Business Hour, sponsored by Mesero Wealth Management. There's an effort to help make loans and credit cards available to people who traditionally have been locked out from getting them. Joining us on the McGrath-Lexus business line, Ted Rossman. He is an industry analyst at CreditCards.com based in New York. Ted, tell us, what is J.P. Morgan doing here trying to give credit to people without credit? Yeah, hi, Cisco. It's interesting. So there was a Wall Street Journal story last week that said that Chase, along with a few other big banks, including U.S. Bank and Wells Fargo, they're all pooling resources, reportedly, to basically share bank account information as an alternative form of underwriting. So this is actually similar to something that FICO, the credit scoring giant, announced a few years ago. They called it Ultra FICO. The idea is that if somebody is responsibly managing their bank account, they're steadily adding to savings, they're avoiding overdrafts, they've maintained a long history. The idea is that this might be kind of analogous to a credit score, you know, paying your bills on time, keeping your debts low. So there's a school of thought that says, well, why don't we use this to help inform our decisions on people that don't have a lot of traditional credit information? FICO says 53 million people lack a traditional credit score. So it's really about more information on these folks. And uh, I guess building a, a new customer base too, right? Where these are people out there who might use credit responsibly and the companies can make money off of it. That's the idea. What I find curious here is the timing, because when FICO announced Ultra FICO in 2018, some people saw that as kind of a market top indicator. You know, things were going well. The theory was that most prime customers had been pretty saturated with credit. So how are banks going to grow? Well, they're going to dip deeper into the pool with more subprime people or people who are new to credit. Right now is really the opposite. Right now we're coming out of the COVID recession. Banks are still pretty nervous. I find the timing of it a little bit odd, but I think really the underpinnings of it are more access to credit. So we're talking people that have historically been marginalized, young people, immigrants, people of color. You know, these are people who oftentimes are outside the traditional system. So I think it's well-intentioned, but I think that this will take a while. I don't think it's something that all of a sudden we're going to see a ton of people without much credit being approved. I think it's a data point that will be used, but I, I think it might be slower going than this article seemed to suggest. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Thank you so much, Ted Rossman, industry analyst at creditcards.com. Still ahead, another edition of Personal Finance Wednesday. Today is the day to establish your investment portfolio. It may be a good one, given the fact that the markets are struggling a little bit. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just three ninety nine. 
Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $250. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Great to have you with us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A police officer in Champaign is shot and killed while responding to a call overnight. President Biden calls on Israel's leader to de-escalate violence in the Middle East. In Personal Finance Wednesday, the phrase, there's no better time than the present, applies to building your investment portfolio. There may come a time when you're asked to state your weight before getting on a plane. On the markets, the Dow down 240, the NASDAQ is down 56, and the S&P down 22 points. Oil is down a little less than 3%. A lot of clouds in Chicagoland, a few pockets of sunshine as we head to a high of 80 degrees. Right now, 71 degrees. A Champaign police officer has died after being shot while responding to a domestic disturbance. The suspect was also killed in an exchange of gunfire. It left a second officer wounded. Police Chief Anthony Cobb says Officer Chris Oberheim was 44 years old, had been a member of the department since September of 2008. The wounded officer is reported in stable condition. Illinois State Police are leading the investigation. President Biden is calling on the Israeli Prime Minister to consider a slowdown on air strikes in Gaza. The White House readout of their fourth call in a week has the president urging Benjamin Netanyahu to demonstrate a significant de-escalation today, which Mr. Biden hopes would put both sides on the path to a ceasefire. Many congressional Democrats have openly urged the president to take a harder line against Netanyahu. The White House has said it aimed to undertake quiet but intensive diplomacy. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News. A reminder, Odyssey is your new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, to listen to WBBM anytime. The best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. A podcast of the Noon Business Hour, always available at WBBMNewsRadio.com or the Odyssey app. 
Markets kind of hurting today. Not as bad as they had been, but still down. The Dow down 247, the NASDAQ down 62, and the S&P down 24 points. Let's see what's going on. The Noon Business Hour presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Susan Schmidt is with us, head of U.S. equities at Aviva Investors here in Chicago. Susan, what do you make of what you are seeing today on Wall Street? Well, we're seeing a little bit of hesitation from the markets, although not that much. Major indices are down less than 1%. We have the Fed minutes coming out this afternoon, and I think that's going to take some attention. Investors are really wondering what's going on. Are we getting back to a normalized economy, or are we seeing inflation? That inflation has everyone nervous, and that's what they're watching for. Inflation also means potentially the Fed increasing rates. So talk to investors who, you know, they they don't remember high inflation days. They don't remember higher interest rates days. They've been so low for so long. Uh, Talk (laughs) with them about about what it's like and, and why it's a challenge. So inflation means that prices are going up. Now, we want prices to go up because it's a sign of a healthy economy, but when they go up too fast, that is a problem. And so what we're trying to do now is the market is guessing to see if this inflation is just transitory. So are prices going up because we shut down the supply lines and now they're coming back online? Or is it because the economy is actually getting back on track so fast that it's overheating? And the Fed's role is to temper things both on the top and the bottom and right now they are saying zero percent interest rates on the short end so don't expect anything to change on your savings account anytime soon but keeping that at zero percent to encourage business and business formation and business activity to help keep getting things back on track is it a challenge for businesses and thinking especially banks but even other businesses given that that psychology of interest rates and inflation uh, i mean mortgage rates you know they, they get up above three and a half percent and people are to start thinking that the sky is falling even though historically it's still really low three percent is still incredibly low remember mortgage rates were as high as 10 percent or more not that long ago and so what we're seeing now is a gradual increase in that longer term security so with 10-year bond instead of being at zero percent is now at 1.66 percent that's a huge move as we came into the year at less than one percent that's going to put some pressure on those mortgage rates which are longer term and that's the market anticipating that inflation going forward into the future let's talk about cryptocurrencies Uh, generally a lot of people have been saying hey you have to have at least some exposure to them and yet there's so much volatility and uncertainty i mean today's a really rough day for crypto It definitely is. Welcome to the world of crypto. There is extreme volatility in that asset class. People are still trying to figure out what it really represents. And so sound bites, comments from major CEOs can definitely impact it. And as can comments from governments. China recently coming out and saying they're not going to acknowledge crypto as a currency and nothing can be paid for with crypto. It does set a stage of uncertainty around this. I think it's too soon to tell, but if you're invested in crypto, be prepared for a lot of volatility. Today's a great example. Remember that we've seen some sharp moves in Bitcoin where it's lost the majority of its value before and climbed back slowly. But for a while, you were really out of pocket if you bought in at the top. The tech sector, uh, it's been a little rough. I guess everything's been rough, but especially the tech sector. Is that due for a pullback? Should we be worried? 
we've been seeing a pullback in the tech sector. And interestingly today, the sector that is least negative is that tech sector. Tech sector was a big winner for people in 2020. Don't forget that that's where most of our gains were in the NASDAQ. Tech-heavy index was well ahead of the S&P and Dow. It's not unusual that you sell some of your winners and take that and redeploy it into companies and business models that perhaps didn't do as well. We've been seeing that since the fourth quarter of 20, and I think that continues. However, we're starting to see tech bottom out. When you get that sort of shift, you always get things that are oversold. So I'm not giving up on the tech sector. We still think it's viable longer term. Look for opportunities there. It may go through some pressure through the rest of the year, but long term, we still like those models. Thanks so much for all of the insights. Susan Schmidt, head of U.S. equities at Aviva Investors. Up next, Personal Finance Wednesday, part two, the best time to establish an investment plan. It may just be right now. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, sponsored by Mesero Wealth Management. This afternoon, we're taking immediate action to get your investment strategy in line. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Craig Bolanos, founding partner, chief executive officer at Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Uh, Craig, speak to the people who maybe have no investment strategy because they don't have any investments. You know, they're, they're leery of it. They're not quite sure. Is this a a good time for them to get started in investing in some capacity. It is a great time to get started. I am talking to you, the listener in the car right now who's intimidated and just hasn't yet opened up an investment account. And when you want to do something great, think about your why investing. I can't think of a better way to get retired and stay retired and when to do it, Cisco, today. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. And how, how are we going to do it? I want you to enroll in your workplace retirement plan. If you don't have a 401k at work, you're going to start by opening up a Roth IRA. And now that we got some momentum, we have to talk about how to build that investment portfolio. Well, tell us, investment portfolio, what does that mean? I mean, some people are not even sure what the, what the definition is of investment portfolio. Right. So building an investment portfolio, we put the word portfolio to it, and all of a sudden it sounds intimidating. But the way we're going to move past intimidation is we're going to start with a simplified strategy. We are going to purchase a mutual fund through our 401k, or we're going to purchase a mutual fund through this Roth IRA. And the mutual fund that everyone's going to buy is we're going to get started by buying the S&P 500 index mutual fund. That's where dollar one of our investments are going to go. Now, why that? Why dollar one? Why put it in the S&P? There is such a plethora of choices that are out there, and when the choices are too many, it's tough to get started. And when you buy a mutual fund, you're getting instant diversification, and if someone wants to be connected to their money, owning a mutual fund that tracks the S&P 500 is going to have you highly connected to your money because every time you turn on the TV, every time you turn on the newspaper, when you listen to the noon business hour, what are we talking about, Cisco? The performance of the Dow and the S&P. And if the S&P is people's investments, then we're talking about their investment portfolio every single day. How much help do people need, especially if they're just getting started? They, They often feel overwhelmed when they look at all of this. After we've addressed how to get started, which we're all going to do today, 
then everyone says, what's next? It's all about a plan. And for some of us, we are great self-starters, whether that's in the gym, eating a positive, healthy lifestyle. For others, we actually need that positive influence in our life, someone to tell us what to do. So just look at yourself in the mirror, be honest with yourself, and the next step is to get a plan, and you can do that on your own. There's tremendous online resources, or find a robo-advisor, an online financial planner, or someone that you can sit across the desk. For people who have not invested, a pretty easy way for you to get started. That's Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer at Wealth Management Group. That's Personal Finance Wednesday, this time tomorrow, Technology Thursday. Still to come, why you may be asked to step on a scale before boarding an airplane. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Passengers could be asked their weight before stepping on a jet under a pilot program from American Airlines. We're joined by Ken Goldstein, president of KJG International Consulting here in Chicago. Ken, kind of give us the lowdown here. What's American talking about doing? Well, actually, it's the FAA that did it. and uh, uh, American's going to be the part of the pilot program. The FAA came back in... Oh, uh, earlier this spring, their circular was 120 to 127F, and it's pending, but they took public comment about trying to weigh people because, again, the concern about aircraft is you have to have it weight and balance. And there's been comments that due to the pandemic, we Americans may have put on some weight, not exercising, getting out enough. So this is a concern. But the FAA does this every 36 calendar months. So... It's not a big situation. You're not going to see weight scales there. People aren't going to be pulled out, and the data is not going to be passed on. But it's more of a safety thing so that they get a better idea how to make sure the aircraft is balanced correctly for takeoff and thing, and flying. That's one big thing. So it's the, when I saw this, I kind of half laughed, but it's a serious thing, and if it's been done by some other carriers. For example, one Samoa Air did it back few months or even back in two few years ago they basically checked the passenger's weight before getting on the airplane Samoans tend to be larger in size so they wanted to make sure because flying from Samoa you got a long flight going just about anywhere and some other airlines have done it as well but it's not a major thing that we should be overly concerned about so you don't have to worry about your weight being passed on or someone's going to have you stand on a scale before you get on the airplane. It's more from a safety standpoint, make sure the aircraft are weight and balance correctly. Well, Ken, talk to people who say, we've been getting on a plane, you know, we've been getting on them for years now without having to be weighed. What's the difference now? And is it all aircraft or just smaller ones? No, it's the, the FAA will have a program for all types of aircraft, small aircraft, medium size, etc. Again, just to balance it out. Uh, it's not something to be overly concerned about. And as I said, when I saw it, I kind of smirked, but it's something to keep in the mind. There's some other big news going on, and that is that the EU this morning, our time in the United States, uh, opened up their thing for fully vaccinated passengers. So there's a good chance that Americans who are fully vaccinated may be able to go to Europe this summer. I mean, France is opening up on June 9th. 
Yeah, it's a, certainly a sign of uh, getting back to normal, at least in some way, being able to fly to those places and enjoy them. Thank you so much, Ken Goldstein, President KJG International Consulting. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, the replay podcast will be available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.